0: Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of 4K Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about the plant providers that plant sponsors really shouldn't be looking for. Um, but of course, first things first, let's talk about the live events coming up. Uh, January 21st, we'll be in Las Vegas at the New York, New York Hotel and Casino. Uh, very special event, special guest, NBA Hall of Famer Spencer Haywood. Played with the Knicks, Lakers, a whole bunch of other teams, I think the Sonics, uh, certainly an interesting life he had, uh, Battled addiction, married to a mom at one point, mom at one point, uh, so it should be an interesting uh, guest that we have there at New York, New York Hotel and Casino. The following week, we have the 401k National Virtual uh, Conference, second edition, the 27th and 28th, uh, two-day event, only $20.22 to be a part of that one. Uh, If you join us for Vegas, you can get in for the virtual uh, for free. Um, So um, that's another uh, incentive to uh, go to Las Vegas. Uh, We are in the midst of booking the 2022 events. We haven't put put it on there on the website yet. Uh, We should soon, but that 400K conference will be in Miami on Friday, June 24th, uh, 2022. uh, Lone Depot Park, home of the Marlins a hundred bucks to attend. Um, working on a very special guest. Uh, Talked to him this week. Uh, he's a, a, a redo of a, a guest. Uh, he, he was a guest at a previous conference. Um, and, you know, he was uh, associated with the Marlins. So hopefully he could be there. Um, and we're in the midst of, of booking other cities. Uh, you know, it's, it's always an interesting time to do this. It's kind of fun again. Uh, I haven't plotted uh, events uh since uh, 2019 so but you know it's kind of fun and interesting to um you know go talk to different cities different venues and, and see what fits and what doesn't fit um i just had a call yesterday with sofi stadium in inglewood and i think their pricing's a little bit high and um i'd like to go back to southern california and there's a venue that um we're trying to talk to, uh, that hopefully that will, uh, uh, be more affordable for us. Uh, their initial bid is on a little on the high side, but it's a venue that I, I certainly want to be a part of in Southern California. Uh, looking again to the schedule, seeing where it fits. So, you know, that venue in Southern California, that's kind of an April event maybe. And then that ties into, well, maybe we're going to Phoenix in April and late April, um, at Chase Field, um, maybe do it on, on a Monday against the Dodgers. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, then there's you know cities like Milwaukee and Cincinnati. Do I do both cities this in, in 2022, and then or do one in 2022 and another one in 2023? Um, I, I, I reached out to uh, Oakland. Um, Oakland is always a, is an afterthought in the Bay Area, but unfortunately. San Francisco is just too expensive. I think the room, uh, you know, here I am spilling secrets, the room rental at, uh, is it, well, no, it's Oracle Park now. You gotta, you know, with all these stadiums, you can't keep track of the names. They wanted like $15,000 for the room, just for the room, not the food, and, you know, that just doesn't work out. I, I've done events where the room, the food, and the athlete was less than fifteen, so it just really can't work out, but... Uh, we are going to do Charlotte in October, uh, 2022, and then we will probably do New Orleans. And I think that date is November the 4th, 2022. It's, it's at the Superdome, but it's kind of like outside the Superdome. Um, it's, it will bring in a Saints player. They don't offer stadium tours. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great experience to be in the Big Easy and, uh. We hope uh, that you're a part of that and, uh, of course, go to that 4ksite.com for further information. So, uh, we got a lot of things in the mix. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, booking dates and, you know, like I said, June 24th um, looks like a go. Seattle uh, might be a go for September. We'll see what happens and, um, you know, should be interesting with what goes on. Um, now back to the topic at hand. Um, there are a lot of reasons, um, you should be, you know, plant sponsors should be hiring a, a plant provider and there's really a lot of telltale signs of why, you know, they shouldn't or why you may have second thoughts. Um, and, uh, there are, val- you know, again, there are valid reasons why you should hire a plant provider and then obviously there's some reasons why you might think again, uh, because they, you know, it might not make sense and, um, this is really what it's all about. And, and number one on my list is the kind of weird reasons to hire a plant provider. And maybe you should think again is uh, the plant provider sponsors organization that, you know, the plant sponsors affiliated with. Now, one of my favorite scenes, uh, one of my favorite movies is Back to School. Big Ronnie Dangerfield fan, a huge fan of him, Caddyshack. Huge fan of him, Back to School. Easy Money was a pretty good movie, I which I should watch again. Problem with the with Rodney is he didn't do as many movies, and uh, he wasn't part of Caddyshack, too. But it's a great scene in Back to School that I, I truly love, that I, I keep on. Um, there's a couple of scenes where I, I always quote from, but one scene in particular is when um, Rodney Dangerfield plays Thornton Mellon, and his son is Jason. And he decides to go back to school with Jason because Jason's having a hard time in college. So Jason wants to buy used books at the bookstore, and uh, the reason why is because they were underlined before. And uh, you know, Rodney says, "Hey, who knows? You know, uh, it's a bad idea. You know, maybe the uh, maybe the you know the guy underlining was a maniac." because back in the day, you know, with textbooks, you know, you used to buy you used textbooks. I, I would always try to avoid textbooks that had underlining, uh, maybe because of back to school. But uh, I always thought that that was, you know, buying a previously underlined book to me, it just, you lose concentration trying to read stuff and whatnot. But um, I always liked that scene because you, you, just because somebody underlined something doesn't mean that they knew what they were doing. Um, and they have, might've have been a maniac. And so what I'm really trying to say is that you know, when a an organization is sponsored by a plan provider, um, and the organization never really fully vetted the plan provider, just you know took the sponsorship check and cashed it. Uh, how would you know whether that you know plan provider was good or not? Uh, you know, I I, I, I laud um, plan providers that you know sponsor a trade organization or, or a union or not for profit. I, I think that's great. That's not something I do. Uh, the reason I don't do it is A I don't really have the money for it. And B, I just I just think that if you want to be charitable you should not do it for what's good for business. You should do what's good for what's good for charity in, in my opinion. I see too many people in my area and in where I live and, and people just, you know, go into the not-for-profit involvement just to pump up their own business. So um, years ago, I had a client wanted to hire a certain plan provider as a TPA. And, you know, they, they were like a, kind of like a bundled platform where they also would handle the investments. And the only reason they brought these guys in was because they sponsored a local trader association. And, uh, you know, after reviewing what this, uh, plan provider was doing, I just, I, I knew it was a bad fit. You know, it was an insurance company, plan provider. They were given those fiduciary warranties, which I hate. And I just think it just didn't work well when the plan was already doing well with an unbundled structure at Fidelity. Um, You know, uh, the trade associate. I want to say that the plan provider was very, very nice. They they treated me with uh, some really great Mets tickets. Uh, But one thing you have to know about me, Mets tickets, as much as I love free Mets tickets, I'm so stubborn, you're not going to change my mind. I'm not one of those people who can be bought, and so therefore... um, you know, that plant provider wasn't uh, wasn't hired and needless to say I haven't got any Mets tickets from them in the last uh four years. Um again, I think there are a lot of reasons you can hire, you know, a plant sponsor can hire a, a plant provider and I think that the fact that they sponsor an organization you're affiliated you know, that you know uh they sponsor an organization that the plant is affiliated with, I, I just don't think that's a great reason why. Next, obviously, you know, people that are uh related to you, relates to the plan provider, or it's somebody the plan provider, you know, knows. Um, maybe because, you know, most of my family are a bunch of screw ups. Uh, you know, uh I think when uh you look at my <laughs> family if, if I'm the most successful person that they, that they're or more most educated, most successful person in that family doesn't say much about your family. Um uh, so I'm just not a big fan of nepotism. Um I, I just, from what I've seen from nepotism, I, I, I just think that it's just not a great idea. You know, my father was in the electrical contracting business and his partner brought in his kids into the business. And, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to be an electrician. Uh, good for them. But, I mean, just just they didn't just seem like people that, you know, <laughs> uh, these are just people who were not uh, up to snuff, um, you know, People will say that I'm naive, but you know I believe that plant providers should be selected on merit, not because they were juiced in. I understand that plant providers are, are selected a lot of times because of who they know and not what they know. Uh, I don't have to accept that. Uh, I still can say that that's wrong. Um, recently there was a commentary about a school district and how they hire through nepotism and cronyism. And somebody said, well, you know, that's how they do it in Long Island. Well, just because we do it on a long term doesn't make it right. And hiring somebody just because they're related to somebody just doesn't make it right as well. I think a plan sponsor hiring somebody just because they're related, uh, it you know, it, it's a bad idea. Uh, it, it it brings a stench to a situation that doesn't really need to be. Um, you know what you know people do with the retirement plan may make them personally liable as a plan fiduciary. I think I've always come from the school that if things don't look right they are uh, if things don't look like they' are on the up the up there's an implication that things aren't really on the up and up uh, I don't think a plan sponsor really afford to have things look bad um, and and hiring relatives to me looks bad uh, you know and of course you know if a husband is the owner of the company and they hire their wife as the advisor uh, which has happened um, you know, said that, that would be a prohibited transaction in my opinion because they directly or indirectly benefit for uh you know the using the assets of the plan so no matter what they say when my school board member who i who i can't stand hired had his wife hired as a typist in the school district uh he can say that he abstained but uh it still doesn't look right does he abstain from the nice ample health insurance that the school district provides i don't know but i just think that uh It's just a bad idea. It just looks bad. And that's really not a reason to hire a 401k plant provider. Next, you know, if the plant provider is secretive on how they work, uh, Bernie Madoff was able to perpetuate his scheme for as long as he did because he avoided answering questions about his investment strategy. Anybody who was poked around and asked questions was told by Bernie to get lost. Um, You were not part of the club. You're supposed to, you know, just believe in Bernie because of the nature of his business and history. And, of course, he uh, he created, the, you know, one of the largest and most notorious Ponzi schemes in the United States history. Uh, I succeeded Matt Hutchinson as a plain fiduciary on the map that he didn't steal from. Um, and it took me a couple weeks to figure out that he was uh, on the take or he had absconded with some money. The stories with him didn't – his stories about where the money was just didn't pan out in my mind. Uh, When he said he was going to get me on the phone with the person that had the $3 million and he wouldn't name that person, I just knew then and there that he was making up a story, that he was going to put a decoy on the phone that wasn't uh, a real person in the sense that they actually had the money. And at that point, I decided to contact the Department of Labor. Um, and, you know, I, I succeeded Matt Hutchinson just a couple weeks before the Ponzi scheme, well, before the scheme was unraveled, it wasn't a Ponzi scheme. It was more like, um, embezzlement of 3 million bucks. And, uh, you know, he was somebody else who, you know, was very secretive, um, attacked people that were, uh, you know, leveling accusations against them, including, um, a dentist from North Carolina who was upset that, you know, money was stolen from the MEP that, you know, he was trying to bring into my MEP. Um, I have to say that a, a plant provider, serving as a plant provider um, in any fashion isn't like the secret formula, like Coca-Cola uh, or the Colonel's secret recipe for herbs and spices. I think that uh, any type of plant provider, including the advisor, uh, need to be um, transparent. their strategy um, and how they work, uh, whether it's managing money or um, dealing with compliance under the plan. They need to be transparent. Um, You know, we we have the situation with with Vanguard, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Vantage Benefits, Jeff Ritchie, uh, stealing stealing money. he stole him and his wife 15 million bucks from their clients cause they were both wearing both hats as a TPA and a risk administrator. Uh, and, uh, I think there are a lot of ways to avoid embezzlement by a plan provider. One is to make sure that the assets are a well-known custodian, not Bernie Madoff's custodial company. Um, and obviously trust, uh, statements should be checked for any weird outflows. Um, Next, I don't like plant providers that demand you change. Uh, the main plant sponsors change providers to suit our needs. You know, I hate moving houses. Um, think about moving from my house in the next couple of years, and it's just not something I, it's something I'm really dreading. Um, a lot of times in life, uh, I made some bad job decisions because, you know, I wanted to leave a job rather than going to a new job. Um, that's why I've never been a big fan of changing plan providers for the sake of changing plan providers. Um, changing any plan providers has not been a fun job. Uh, and there really needs to be a great reason for, for, for that change. And, um, you know, I, I think hiring a financial advisor or TPA who tells you that you need to change the plan provider, the other plan provider for their own reasons is, is not a reason for... Uh, it's not a good enough reason. And I said, somebody who worked as a TPA attorney, I used to work with a lot of advisors who liked us, and then all of a sudden, one by one, wanted to move the plans to us. Uh, I understand that you know advisors may want to consolidate all plans at one TPA, and uh, I, I just think this is something that it's not good for the plan sponsor. Uh, I think it's got to benefit any changes, has to benefit the plan sponsor and, and not the plan provider. Next on the list, obviously a lot of plant sponsors just never bother to vet a plant provider i think it's important to uh just use google uh and do research um i always say one of the biggest mistakes i made is um where i record from is my downstairs we have like a split level ranch and so the downstairs it's not a basement it's living space it's you know part of it's below below grade um That's the nature of the split range over here. And we had water coming in from the floor. Um, This area is built on sand. So uh, water does come up from the floor of a heavy rain. I hired a waterproofing company, just Googled it, found one provider, interviewed them, hired them. Had I bothered to go on Google, I would have discovered uh, that there were numerous Better Business Bureau complaints I would have realized that the owner of the company wasn't really the owner of the company. He was a former podiatrist that lost his license um, as a result of Medicare fraud. Um, And needless to say, that would have avoided a lot of headaches and going through the Nassau County um, Bureau of, uh, you know, and filing a complaint. uh, Eventually, that company no longer exists, that waterproofing company. Um, I think it's Going back to Vantage Benefits, uh, if people would have Googled Jeff Ritchie, they would have discovered that he was previously barred for the securities business by the SEC for three years. Um, where I come from, we call that a clue. If the principal of a plant provider is has some legal trouble one way or the other, uh, that's 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 a problem. That's something to, to, to think about. Uh, obviously, vetting a plant provider is just a Google search. It also inval- involves asking people around the 401k industry for... Recommendations, referrals, and whatnot. Uh, vetting plant providers is obviously a, a necessary task by the plant sponsor. It's something they just can't just give up. It's something they need to do to avoid heartache down the road. Next, uh, last but not least, they bear gifts, so they suggest something shady. And uh, of course, another favorite. Moving on is Godfather Part Two. Don Finucci He's trying to shake down Vito Corleone. And Clemenza um, and Tessio, I guess. But uh, we see Tessio at the end and whatnot. But he wants uh, Vito to pay him to wet his beak. There are always going to be plant providers out there that are going to be bearing gifts. Not as much as it used to be. Back in the old days, you could be amazed by the gifts that my fiduciary reps for my producing TPA would get Christmas time. It'd be amazing. It was one year where the DCIO from one of the fund companies uh, asked one of the Fed Reps what would you like as a gift and the Fed Rep said golf clubs. Uh, I will give credit to the DCIO, they did not give golf clubs, but in the old days they used to give a lot of gifts. Um, it reminded me of the pharmaceutical sales person and my pediatrician as a kid, always with the free samples and stuff. Uh, The problem with people bearing gifts is that anything of substantive value uh, could be construed as a private transaction. Uh, De minimis gifts are okay. I think anything off of a couple hundred bucks is just not okay. Free tickets to a sporting event are nice. Listen, those Mets tickets were really nice, especially the day where I got um, Hyundai Club tickets for the Mets. Now, if you ever go to a Mets game, and I'm trying to organize something for, for my you know, around the time I, of my birthday in May, Hyundai Club tickets are great because they're uh, kind of like a 200-level seat, but what's more importantly, there's the great seats, there's a back area for food, and it's all you can eat. So uh, they gave me Hyundai Club tickets, but they couldn't change my view on, you know, the fact that they were, you know, pushing out a crappy product. Uh, plane Sponsors Fiduciary Decisions have to be above board. Striving gifts from a plan provider uh, that the plan sponsor hires or uh, has maintained that leads to, you know, something like that just doesn't look right. Uh, you know, there, theres I have to say one of the, the cringe, cringy parts of my job is over the years when you talk to an advisor and they say, well, you know, uh, if you refer with some business, we could split fees. And listen, I uh, I know – I've known ERISA attorneys who did receive a piece of plan assets, uh, two in particular. uh, One who is deceased, who I think I've mentioned it. uh, He went through the trouble of creating a dummy corporation so his law firm would know that he was collecting an asset-based fee. Don't ask me. And then there was another well-known attorney, very well-known. Uh, let's just say that that attorney is probably one of the top five ERISA attorneys out there. And no, it's not Fred Reich. But there was an ERISA attorney that I know uh, was getting a piece of plan assets. Uh, I assume now that that ERISA attorney is not. Uh, it's a fee transparent environment. And, uh, needless to say that that attorney is obviously more successful than they were, you know, 20 years ago when that stuff was going on. But, uh, I, I it, it's when, when an advisor says to me, Oh, you know, you can split fees or I could pay you. No, thanks. Uh, my client already pays me. And it's just like, I don't need to wet my beak. Um, I have to sleep at night and I have to let plant sponsors know that my views are my views and they're not you know they're not bought and sold and and, and you got to be above board so I've never made to referral I've never made a referral to these advisors after kind of something kind of cringy uh, you know I've, I've talked to brokers where their broker dealer has some sort of program you know what an accountant can do um, and get a fee or whatever whatever other kind of professional it's not something that i I, I want and I just I kind of close off people that suggest it it's just you got to be above board and, and and they're not so whatever uh anyway um i hope you enjoyed uh this episode of that Four 1k podcast uh tune in next week um and of course go to that 4 k site.com for further information about las vegas and further information about all the live events that will be booked uh for 2022 so thank you take care bye